A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview. Worldviews are the grids. They are the lenses through which we frame all of reality. <laughs> um, um, hey everybody who's listening, this is episode 67 of the Black Berea podcast. I'm sat here with Mary and Gabby. My name is Dami. Yep. Thank you for joining us, whether this is morning, afternoon or evening. Um, mm-hmm. How are you ladies doing? I'm good, man. I'm on annual leave. I sound fantastic. Yeah. I'm feeling rap, good. Rap, rap. Um, yeah, I'm trying to do some more enjoyment while stuck in the UK, but it's okay. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm praising the Lord. And yeah, I'm okay. Thank you. Mary. What have you, what have you been up to, Gabby? Well, it started today. Uh, <laughs> oh, a new Monday. And Loki had a staff meeting, but that's by the by. You know, we start seriously this evening. Annual leave. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> what are you saying, Mary? I've been good. I've been good. You know, just usual work stuff. Life is life has been good so far. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed the little talk I had on Saturday by someone who led the session. Oh, named Gabby Samuel. So that was that was nice. <laughs> that was a little bit nice. Oh, can we can we like just kind of have a, a little snippet of of what that was about? Seeing as some of us went. It's quite timely something. Yeah, actually, actually, a lot of time thinking about this stuff. Anyway, the um. The title was The Misconceptions of Biblical Womanhood. Okay. We covered content like, uh, is female a noun, verb, or adjective? Um, just the idea that um, sex is given by God and is immutable, like all the rest of his words. You are a female, regardless of what you do or don't do, say or don't say, you are actually a female. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, covered all that kind of fun stuff. You know, biblical womanhood being more than Proverbs 31 and 1 Peter 3, uh, being all of the Bible, actually. Everything. Every time that God is speaking to you as a person, he's speaking to you as a woman. So all of the Bible is yours as a woman. That kind of chat. Um, yeah. In yeah. short, Gabby was preaching. Sounds sweet. Mary, how did <laughs> yeah. you find it? No, it was, it was really good. It was really good. Um, obviously, Gabby led a quick 25 minute session on just unpacking some of the things she said. And then we had a nice little breakout session yeah. where we're going through a lot of the questions around. Yeah. Like what, what are the misconceptions of being a uh, biblical womanhood? Do you enjoy being a woman? Um, what do you feel pressured? And yeah. And then we came back and we had like a really nice kind of discussion around all the things that we discussed. Um, and now uh, it was, it was really, really good. Yeah. Really, really good. Sounds cool. I, was saying, I was telling Gabby that I'm ready to green light her, her book yeah. whenever she's ready to go. <laughs> Gabby, is that in the works? Next question. hundred percent. hundred percent. hundred. Anyone who's seen me write anything down on paper knows that writing is not my forte. Right. Okay. So you're more of a public speaker than you are an author. I have to get this phone out. And also, you know, when you when you write something down when you're 21 and you read it when you're 27 and you laugh at yourself. Is that That's you? everyone? Yeah. So I'm not trying to write something down today, and in three years, I'm like, can we delete all of those books and put them in the bin? Because no, nah, but it might show the progression though in your in your 100%. thinking. I'm a professor of writing and and uh, not too much influence. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Another hear you. day, maybe we'll think about it. Right. Dami, how you been? I've been all right. I'm like Gabby. I am also on annual leave. Annual leave, Gabby. Thanks, B. I would also like to be abroad right now, but it just yeah. so happens that it's very, very difficult to find places that are kind of open 
mm-hmm. um, without kind of putting yourself into quarantine. So I'm going to try and make the most of the next week or so. Um, life has been good otherwise. Um, yeah, I wanted to also give a quick shout out to Israel, um, who's with me, were able to attend my bro. Um, congratulations to you and Rachel on your on your nuptials. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so thankful um, in that regard. Otherwise, I've been well, man. Life is good. Um, work is about to kind of take another step up. I officially qualify as a solicitor next week. Oh, congrats. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, next week, Tuesday. So. Where's the, sh- where's the shop's going to be? we can't say it on the pod yeah right? we can't say it on the pod we've got to keep that low key but um, <laughs> I am yeah I am I am hopefully planning to do something small to, to celebrate that so um, so yeah sweet. but otherwise sweet, things, sweet. things are things are well and in, in terms of giving out shout outs Mary didn't know this but actually one of our listeners I'll, I'll say his first name at least Aaron approached me on Sunday um, at church and was just like bro listen Black Berea I need more content he said, the things and stuff have opened up back now. I need to be hearing you guys speak. So, um, bro, <laughs> he said, if this is not out by 9.30, I'm coming to speak to you. So, um, there we go. Um, See, pressure. Pressure, pressure. But I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation. Um, it does indeed tie into some of the stuff that you, you kind of opened um, this with. It is, I think, and you ladies can chime in if, if, if you agree or disagree, we are at a particularly um, pivotal cultural moment, I think. Um, specifically um, dealing with kind of black women. Um, I think and I, I can say that is true um, in the West particularly. Um, I don't know if it's because of the advent of coronavirus that has kind of like thrust this more into the kind of public view where we are speaking more particularly on how um, black women are kind of treated in society, how they are viewed, um, protectionism and empowerment. Um, we've had kind of, you know, even as recently in the US, in United States, the first kind of um, call up to the an, to an electoral candidacy for uh, vice presidency for Kamala, Kamala Harris um, in the UK. I just feel as if on the kind of social media sphere, there have been reams and reams of conversations taking place um, on the kind of black men's view of black women, black women. Um, in kind of wider public, in a wider public eye, um, and as we'll go on to touch on some of the topics, kind of today, um, even things like the kind of you know the new Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion song WAP, um, so much of kind of has placed black women into the into the public gaze. This is probably going on much longer than even the past kind of four or five months, um, but I thought it would be particularly helpful um, to have two of the Black Berea women on this podcast, just kind of talking about. Um, your views on some of these issues um, and how we can be thinking biblically as well as critically um, on on these points. Is it is it is it a sentiment that you kind of agree with um, right now that just kind of us having more and more kind of conversations, not specifically, not just, sorry, about women, but kind of almost black women as well, particularly? Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I think, um, I, th- I think I've seen it, especially in kind of uh, within yeah, music, within you know, a lot of the public, um, yeah, especially in the public arena. So things are something in a place like music, for example, you've seen a lot of artists um, dominate this year who, who are women. You know, I, I remember reading an article earlier this year where they said it's, it's almost like the year of women within hip hop. And then with, with that, you've had yeah, loads and loads of discussion around some of the things you've mentioned. And yeah, I, th- I think I think Kamala Harris uh, being elected as vice president for the Democratic Party, uh, um yeah party again has oh my Siri is making some noise sorry um again like that's bringing up 
more and more discussions around uh, black women, women in general, and yeah, b- being able to see them in leadership positions uh, and, and what, and, yeah, and seeing kind of what society's general view of them is. Um, so no, I, I think it has been a very interesting period. Last six, maybe, yeah, six to 18 months, I, I would say it has been interesting to watch from a distance to see how we're, we're navigating with all these issues. Yeah, and I think it's been interesting, in, even in lockdown, how that's kind of, it felt like it's definitely um, ratcheted up some of the kind of conversations in the sense of, obviously, post-George Floyd, everyone for the sake of, well, some people genuinely having like a crisis of conscience and reconsidering how they've engaged with black people and black culture and black women in that. And some people, for the sake of the brand, have got to be seen to engage, which means a lot of platforms gave space over to black women well, black people, but obviously within that black women. And obviously the black women may be continuing to say things that they've been saying for a long, 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 long time, but now they're just being given platforms uh, by more mainstream, uh, yeah, visible organisations, which means that what they've been saying is not, can be amplified in a different kind of way. Obviously, the, the you know, a lot of the motives for giving over platforms have been excellent and good. Some of them have been a bit more um, um, varied. Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely added to the the kind of, the volume um, on on what some of some things that black women have been saying, uh, which is often helpful. Uh, mm. Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly with the points that both of you made. Um, I will just just get straight into it to be honest. So um, I mentioned earlier that perhaps one of the things that we'll be discussing is the recent um, Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion tune WAP. Um, not going to be kind of quoting any lyrics, or if you want to go kind of look at that, that's a rap genius thing to. Um, to run through I think I'll just give you a bit of background to the song just in terms of the kind of popularity in the short space of time since it was released so um, undoubtedly and in 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 kind of popular culture immediate success we're talking it debuted number one on US Spotify number six on global Spotify with a combined about six million plus streams um, number one on US Apple Music 26 million views for the video in its first 24 hours on YouTube, making it the biggest debut for an all-female collaboration um, on the platform. Now, you may be listening to this wondering, you know, do you know what, as popular as as, um, the song has been in kind of popular culture, social media, I haven't seen, and ladies chime in if, if you think this is, again, if you agree or disagree, I haven't seen too much kind of Christian commentary um on on the on the song on the music video um and i do wonder in one sense if that's kind of coming out of a of a a shyness perhaps to kind of address the issues of kind of um empowerment sex sexuality and prowess which which are strong themes um in the song um or if it's kind of a almost in a sense a first corinthians five type you know what business do we have judging those who are outside of the church i i wonder if that has been kind of made people cautious to address the kind of topic. Um, I definitely think when I'm, I'm I'm wondering about this, there are some kind of points that emanate out of the song that are important for Christians to address. Um, we shouldn't shy away from, from sex. In fact, Gabby, I was actually listening today to um, the, the Bible study that is currently taking place at your church, um, Stockwell Baptist on, on wisdom and sex. And that was, um, some wonderful, wonderful points made. Um, definitely check that out if you've got the time. Pastor Yannick Christos will have. Um, so definitely Christians shouldn't necessarily be shying away from the topic of sex. Um, but also as it pertains to kind of, you know, women's place in public and private life, if we if we can um, quote it in, in, in that 
in that way. Um, these are issues that will affect Christians and non-Christians alike. So it is important for us to discuss and, like I said, look at it from a kind of biblical perspective. So the question I just want to ask um, to both of you is, do you feel that the song WAP um, does more for entrenching patriarchal culture or for empowering women? Big question. <laughs> Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, my Very... My mic is on mute. <laughs> um, yeah, your mic, your I can First of all, I think when um, discussing women and specifically black women, I have to come to the conversation first and foremost, well, first of all, as a Christian, obviously, but um, also mindful of my privilege. Like I'm a mixed race woman that does afford me certain privileges, even in this conversation about how Meg's been viewed and things that have happened with her and violence and all that, some, some of the things that we'll get into in the podcast. Um, I have to be aware that whilst I might have, I may have some structural awareness, kind of like, you know, yeah, how things function in the world and some of my own experience, it's not going to be that of um, of, of black women and specifically women that are dark in complexion to me. So I have to come with a certain kind of energy about it and really give space to other people's experience. Um the kind of the question is it is it empowerment or is it patriarchy's best best and most beautiful dream? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it really depends on who you're talking to. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that some women, uh, lots of women, will um, will have listened to WAP um, and felt empowered by it. Uh, first of all, a, a little note: I'd actually say just just so I have a clear conscience about it, I would not encourage anybody to as a result of this conversation or anybody else's conversation to go and watch that video or listen to that song. I don't think it's helpful for anybody. Um, So I think, as Dami said, some of the conversations that come out of it are helpful. Actually, going to watch that video or listen to the song, uh, yeah, I'm in no way at all advocating, please don't, actually don't do that. Because there's no... um, underestimation of the degree to which it's actually, it is actually um, pornographic in parts. Um, anyway, is it patriarchy or is, is it um, uh, li- liberating? I think it depends on who you're talking to. There's no doubt that as part of patriarchy, women have been objectified and used. Um, um, power has been asserted, um, dominance has been asserted, and women have been seen as, as all, that, all that they've got to bring to the party is their sexuality their physicality and I think that led um a certain a certain wave of feminism to say we are much more than our sexuality um uh, first of all we are sexual beings in and of our own right regardless of how men are or are not engaging with us our sexuality doesn't just doesn't just exist for men it exists for us we enjoy our sexuality first of all and secondly we're much more than that we're thoughtful and intelligent and bright and entrepreneurial and academic and adventurous and, and sexual etc etc and then you've got this Cardi B era of what some people would call femininity, um, I'm sorry, feminism. Uh, there's no doubt for certain parts of the feminist movement, she is a mascot of fem- of feminism. In the sense of her saying, rather than just um, a- acknowledging that I am a sexual being, um, I'm going to go full force on this. And I'm not just somebody whose sex happens to, men don't have sex with me, I have sex with men. I, I assert this, I am... Um, yeah, I am. I advocate for this, and so for some people, she is a movement where women, ha- where sex has been a taboo for women or a shy thing, or you know, there's those narratives of women having less of a sexual desire and all those kind of things. For Cardi B to say as a whole, for what she understands to be a whole person, meaning to be a whole sexual person and a sexuality matching that historically of a man's sexuality, 
I'm here. And not only am I here, I'm going to make money off this. I'm no mm. longer a victim of capitalism and patriarchy who is exploited for men to make money off me. I'm making money off this. Um, and so for some people, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I think academically and uh, informally, uh, she is, she is a, a beacon of, of feminism. And for other people, there's no doubt. People who A, just disagree with her or B, just have a different view of feminism, that she is um, patriarchy's highest goal in life. Um, right. Uh, that, that she would be... Um, seem to be displaying things and giving away things which are precious to women but some people yeah um, and, and would have different reasons for saying that some very patriarchal views some more christian lots of other reasons for saying that <laughs> i think the answer is uh, both depending on who exactly you're you're talking to um and the christian's view i suppose we'll get to but the question is probably both Probably both. Mary, Mary how, how, how do you... I'm so sorry. <laughs> I could talk. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Out of the gate. Um, it, was, it was helpful to kind of see both views. Mary, how, how would you kind of... Um, how does it frame in your mind as, as kind of entrenching patriarchy? Um, is it sexual liberation? Is it sexually liberating for women to be able to kind of do music in this way um, mm. or not? I think, I think the initial kind of response from, from the world... Um, was there def- definitely one of one of positivity? You can argue, you know, body, body positivity, the idea that women are now being being able to reclaim their power away from, you know, male gaze, the male male dominant, um, yeah, notion that is very pervasive in society at large. You know, the idea that you know women are objectified through the lens of a man, and now they're able to have uh, autonomy and creating their own sexuality, as, as Gabby mentioned. And for many people, it, it was almost like a yeah, a, a song for women to feel confident in, to feel liberated in it, and to own 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 themselves and own their own identity in a way where it's being almost suggested that if I find my sexuality and I find my identity, then that will bring me joy away from you know the patriarchal system. Um, and I think just as just as Gabby says, I think that is again, you know, f- falling into, uh, yeah, the lies of patriarchy is almost like on the other end, isn't it? The other extreme. Um, and I think. Yeah, we, the Christian worldview always has to understand that, you know, finding your identity, whether it, it be um, in the patriarchal system where men are now those who are able to subvert and uh, harass and almost uh, define what it means for a, a woman to be a woman. And then also you go on to the other extreme where and now a woman says, no, I will, I will define what, what I believe it means to be sexual or, or to be a woman. Um, both lead, you know, both lead to, to, to perilous roads. And I think, mm. you know, the Christian has to, you know, open the Bible and, and see what it means to be a woman. And I think even in in that in that um that the, the song or even in, in songs like like um WAP because I'm sure there's other songs mm. you see you see um the worldview they're trying to present of you know this is this is how you find your joy this is how you find your your identity and, and we know that yeah an identity like that it doesn't last because if they're saying it's it's in their sexuality what happens when you're not deemed as a, as a beautiful sexual woman anymore ones if when you know when you when you've aged or you're now not seen as the quote-unquote uh glamour model what happens then so right. then your, your identity is, is almost flawed um Demi, what do you think what do i think well one <laughs> thing about me is i learned how to stay out of women's business that's why i'd be taking the posture of asking the questions um and <laughs> and listening so what were you going to say gabby what do you think <laughs> Um, no, no, it's, a, it's a fair. It's a fair question to ask. Do I think it entrenches patriarchy or 
my, my views are not going to be too dissimilar from either of yours. I think one of the things, at least, that this conversation that has surrounded the video has done, uh, whether it was witting or unwitting, um, in one sense has, and, and, and not entirely, but in one sense has kind of taken this out of the perspective that I feel a lot of the times uh, women's sexuality and um, them being kind of sexual beings, sexual prowess, is framed almost exclusively through the lens of kind of male gaze. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think this was an aim um, of the song, but at least the conversation is now kind of shifting, at least I think for Christians, to how does how you use your sexuality uh, reflect your your views about, about God? Mm-hmm. How does it reflect your views about the way in which sexuality should, sexuality should be used? What does it reflect um, your views on for the reasons for which it was given? Um, so I think for this song in particular, whether it was a conscious decision, which I'd I'd probably say I doubt. Um, I think it's at least helpful that in one sense, uh, we are not spending so much time focused on how does this affect men. Um, And I think having had a kind of conversation with a number of brothers anyway, I think in one sense there was a a reluctance to engage this, which I think is is wise, as Gabby kind of alluded to. There was wisdom in absolutely kind of refraining from engaging the song or watching the video. and I think that has been one of the the things that I've seen, and perhaps in the reluctance to kind of engage with the whole thing entirely, um, we have we have been seeing a way that kind of re- should I say reduces the entrenchment of patriarchy by turning it away um, from how men are affected by watching these kind of videos or hearing these kind of lyrics, and centering it around what does this specifically say about women. Um, so perhaps I think my answer kind of alludes to do I want to go so far as saying kind of lessening patriarchy? Maybe not. Um, but do, do you guys see the link that I'm I'm trying to make there? Yeah, in the sense. Yeah, that, I yeah. think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's. I think that's that's how I would that's how I would frame it. Um, do you do you have a rebuttal to that? What would you say in response? No, I, I think you know some some third you know I think third wave feminists were were good at trying to say that. Uh, feminism, uh, especially in regards to sex- sexuality, is an effort to kind of um, achieve equality and empowerment for women. And if you think about the classic quote-unquote images that you would probably see in a hip-hop video in the 90s, you probably see some women dancing, um, scantily clad. You've got men around them enjoying that, and, he, and you can kind of contrast it with a video like WAP or, or, or the video that you could say is 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 for their movement and now it's 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 just women alone and and there's no men in the video and it's it's almost like a sisterhood so to speak of women mm. reclaiming their 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 um yeah equality and their sexual identity and i think that's where they would argue that it is liberating because it's not yeah men men have no direct input even though you would probably say mm. much of the enjoyment is from men who now again put you back in the picture patriarchal system but right um yeah so i, I definitely see what you're saying mm-hmm. but it's not mansplaining to, to to have an opinion no no <laughs> absolutely not which is which i think you know what which is which is helpful to say and perhaps perhaps something that might kind of come out as we continue this kind of conversation but there is a sense of trepidation that every single man feels when kind of dealing with this topic of um of women's kind of uh, sexual um expression um, and I think that there's a, there's a healthy mm-hmm. um, kind of caution that we should approach the subject with. So men don't feel bad about being mindful of saying what you say. Um, 
But I don't think, like you're saying, Mary, that means that you cannot have the conversation entirely. So although I'm staying at a women business, I'm also kind of <laughs> dipping, dipping my toe small. <laughs> um, one of the things, actually, that was quite interesting to hear from kind of both of you is this isn't necessarily new. You'd agree? This isn't new. There are other uh, rap artists um, who are men and women who've kind of um, based their kind of entire discographies almost on kind of the sexual prowess or expression of themselves or or women. Um, and Gabby, I'm going to come to you because you were saying something before we started recording about <laughs> having the same energy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, having the same energy for for the for for the other artists mm. as well as your Cardi B's and your Meg the Stallions, and perhaps one of the things that may be reflective of patriarchal culture is that we don't hold our male rappers to the same level of account as we are or we are currently seeing in the public yeah. sphere for the likes of of Meg and mm. and Cardi. Yeah. And I say that because I'm just thinking about some of the public reaction that we've seen to this. And again. Some of this might be born out of the fact that, you know, we're in kind of Corona time. So everyone's kind of zeroing in on the, mm -hmm. on, on things around the world. So, you know, I don't know if, if, if you watch Ben Shapiro, the Daily Wire guy, he had, you know, about a 10 minute segment on his show about this, which actually wasn't very insightful, but there, there you go. Um, <laughs> there was, yeah. there were a number of US politicians. One even went so far yeah. as saying, if I can, if I can find the quotes, um, yeah, the, that Cardi B and Meg the Stallion are what happens when children are raised without God and without a strong father figure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this even attracted political commentary. Um, mm -hmm. And it's very rare, I think, that you find in, in rap music um, any, anything of that sort because this has been happening for years. So it's almost like, why the, why the energy now? But what, what did you want to say about this point <laughs> specifically, Gabby? I think, that's, I think that's the question. Like, yeah, right. why the energy now? And, some, and there's no doubt there's... There's a number of factors in the energy. First of all, it's the novelty of it. Um, like women, women, like Lil Kim has been out here. This is the, this is a historic in rap. There's there's a there's a history of of kind of um this kind of music coming from from women. Um, so but some of it is like it, Cardi B, whether you rate her or not. Well, yeah, lyrically or like uh, in terms of actual skill, whether you rate her or not, like she's a she's a um, you know a heavy hitter in contemporary rap and Meg's coming through. And obviously there's been other controversy around her recently. I say controversy, I mean violence. Um, mm. And so, yeah, the, like they are two significant people in the scene coming together. And yeah, there's a certain novelty about, I suppose, women speaking so, so audaciously about these kinds of topics, but these topics are not new in rap at all. And it's interesting. Um, it'd be interesting to think about two kind of thought experiments. If two, yeah, if two black men um, had have made music similar to this, if it would have had the same cut through. And interestingly, I'm sure we'll come to it, if two white women, if Taylor Swift and, uh, and Katy Perry had have made music akin to this, if it would have cut through in the same way. And they're, they're two interesting um, thought experiments. Um, and I suppose, and then, and this is why I said, I was laughing before the podcast started, started because I said, I'm not trying to let a Christian Twitter cancel me or lose my job because I, actually <laughs> don't, I don't have more energy for Cardi than I've had for anybody else. Because I think as a Christian, you actually sit in a very strange place. And this is, you know, it's, it's a bit of a broader comment, but um, there's been a narrative of sex being for men and enjoyed by men and pursued by men. And, and when men make music about that or have that energy in their day-to-day -day lives, that's almost normative. And so why would anyone care? Why would a US politician comment? That's, that's a, you know, 
men men are understood as sexual beings in that sense and, and it is historic and their language like that in the public space is historic and so that's cool um but and, and christians even will back that music or will certainly not say a lot about it unless yeah um swing over now for a woman making that music um yeah we do have um there, there is a cultural reaction to that and, and i think some of that is right in the sense of this is not bef- befitting to women but i think it's not befitting to women in a way that it was never befitting to men so actually um the energy that i have for cardi if if you got energy about cardi and, and meg and, and kind of the the cultural moment that they've created why did i why did i not have that energy for men because mm. i because did i not have um a higher expectation did i accept that this bit this language and this um energy that is it's not honoring to god it's not honoring to women or men it's not honoring to sex it's not honoring to marriage uh not honoring to to their hum- to humanity almost um to their their individual humanity their dignity um out of a man's mouth is not is is calm and, and to be dismissed and normative out of a woman's mouth is profanity um so i think i think it, it causes us to um to consider the skewed the skewed ideas we have of both men and women, the lack of kind of um whole, whole personness afforded to women in the kind of ignoring of their sexuality. It causes mm. us to maybe ask a few questions about that, but also causes us to ask other ways that we have and and, and the weird kind of hypersexualization of women, but also the weird kind of historic normative self-made hypersexualization of men. Um mm. and what they've been saying for generations and and to consider and for us to think that that's not yeah, the damage that Cardi will have or is having, we'll see today and for the next maybe 15 years. But the damage that... What, and then we have to ask, well, what has damage has that done for men to be saying that for the past 40 years? And let's say the last millennium, because you know, there's been a historic um, yeah, structural imbalance here. And so um, I think, yeah, I've got energy for Cardi. But then I have to ask myself, yeah, why don't I have that energy for for men? And, and, and why do I not consider men in those kind of more nuanced ways? And this is the, the damage that might have been done to men, as I so clearly see the damage mm. that now may well be doing, may well be done to women. So I've got I've got mm. energy for Cardi, but I don't think I should have any more energy for Cardi than I should have had for every guy who's been saying this. For the, I'm being getting paid to say this and telling other men to say this and creating a culture that says this um, mm. for the last X amount of years. Don't cancel me, P.S. no i I 100 agree with what you said gabby i think you raise really really good points and i think when we when we think of toxic patriarchy i can i can term it we know that it it has negative uh, ripple effects not just on women Mm -hmm. but on men as well you know the lies that we tell Mm -hmm. men that they can be uh sexually free and impure and and immoral in regards to you know this this being being a sexual being but yet we we restrain and, and we're quick to condemn and we're quick to shame um mm-hmm. women when they when they do the exact thing you know we we should have a duty um to promote purity for both genders mm-hmm. and i think yeah in, in our in our culture you i've seen it in the church you know like mm-hmm. growing up as a young child like just being told yeah don't do this don't do that don't do this don't do that well, you know where where whereas you know the boys are you know boys will be boys and they're free to roam and and do as they please and i think yeah we have to call both to account and and we have to we have to you know decry the the culture that that is able to allow men to create not just within the, the rap industry but you know, mm-hmm. across all other mm-hmm. genres to create uh, content that is very very objectifying uh, sexually violent and we, we have to decry content where women uh, can speak about their sexuality mm-hmm. uh, outside of of a covenant relationship 
i.e. my marriage. Yeah. Appreciate both comments. Um, I think the, the the underlying sentiment of both what you're saying is that fundamentally nobody wins um, in in these kind of scenarios when these kind of um, songs and um, type of music is perpetuated. So I appreciate I appreciate that comment from both of you. Mary, you were also talking about um, there were specific kind of things alluded to in the song um, that was a particular concern for you. So perhaps a lyric um, from one of the two artists that was of, you know, just that kind of pricked your ears where you were just like, ah, this is something that kind of touches on or there's a sensibility here with my Christian worldview that I just want to be able to address. Yeah, I, I think it was, uh, it's the only lyric I can quote. Everything else is disgusting. But um, I think, yeah, so one of the artists, I think it's Cardi B, she says, um, I don't cook, I don't clean, but let me tell you how I got this ring. I think, yeah, so she's married, a married woman. Um, and I, I think for me, it was very interesting because when you think of womanhood and you can think of it within the church, within, you know, believers and, and outside of the church with unbelievers, there is still that pressure of of women to be, to be married, uh, you know, that's almost like the height of maturity, the height of success, you know, when a, when a woman is married and and you get these jokes of like, oh, but you're, you know, you're in your 30s, you're not married and, and you don't see that same kind of uh, um, energy for men. And you can see, yeah, Cardi was able to frame her womanhood in her marriage, but push against the conventional notions of what it means to be a woman and to be married. So she, you know, she says, I don't cook, I don't clean. And, and we know that most women are said, you know, you need to cook, you need to know how to cook, you need to know how to clean so you can attract uh, men to marry you. And, and she was saying, you know, this is my identity. You know, my, my womanhood isn't found in my being able to cook or clean. It's, it's being found in something else that's just, yeah, immoral. Um, but it, it, it's interesting to, to, to think through that and to think that have we even suggested lies of, of what womanhood is? And I, I think it, it kind of circles all the way back to Minister Gabby's point on Saturday of like <laughs> understanding what biblical womanhood is. So when we're talking about biblical woman and, and I've, I've literally been in circles uh, right. when I was younger where you're talking about what it means to be a woman and cooking and cleaning is, is the second or third thing that is, that's been told. Uh, wow. you, you, women receive so much pressure <laughs> funny story my mom told me recently that she's she feels like I'm a woman now because I can cook and I can clean and I'm ready to be married and I thought wow is this what it means to be a woman but no but we we sell these lies and 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 it's such a shame because there's, there's so much more uh to womanhood than marriage and cooking and cleaning mm. but you see how pervasive it is in the world that Cardi's able to push back and say no this is the lies you've been told let me offer you another one and even what she's offering is is another. the base <laughs> yeah it's, it's another pick. Um, but yeah but we have to you know push both both away and, and suggest that what it means to be a woman is much more than cooking and cleaning uh, you know what it means to be a, a biblical woman is one who who submits to, to, to Christ um and lives lives in a way that glorifies him Gabby I was going to run it back to you then because um, Mary quite beautifully gave gave a, a segue to your to your teaching on on, on Saturday, which I'm, I'm of course keen to draw out for for some of the people who wouldn't have been able to to attend. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. how, how would you how would you address the 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 I don't want to I don't think tension is the right word, but how, how would you address um, biblical womanhood, particularly as it deals with this point about about sexuality? It, 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 I don't know if that's something that you necessarily address. PhD part one coming. <laughs> Someone must have a PhD. There must be. There must be. I think there's a few things that are interesting. Firstly, on Cardi's comment, it, even mm. even a part of the narrative that marriage is something to be, um, 
Uh, earned and hear me rightly obviously you need to be a you know a sensible person to be considered insensible <laughs> marriage but we understand marriage to be a gift from god right like, even the idea that like if i cook it can clean and do whatever cardi b can do with her husband then i'm in a position to have a to to yeah i've earned marriage and i think even that can create in women some kind of um yeah d- a dissatisfaction like i've put even the idea that you can earn it if you've then done everything that you need to do to earn it, whether for you that's cooking or cleaning or doing whatever else, you know, maybe having that house or that job or, you know, you know, getting your, your body together or whatever you think that is, when you've done those things and your marriage hasn't come, um, yeah, has your, has your work been in vain? And so even, there's even misconceptions there about how, what it is, yeah, for the Christian anyway, to be given the gift of a husband or a wife. Um, but specifically to the point of, of biblical womanhood um, or even... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think it, it is fundamentally to be a woman who is seeking to be all that God has called them to be. And so womanhood um, obviously includes the parts of scripture that are specifically addressed to women. Um, there are some parts of scripture that are specifically addressed to women and the roles that women t- may take on. So that's the marriage and to motherhood. Um, but and, and, and where the, um, I think what I said on Saturday was, is where the text is specific, we ought to be specific. And where the text is specifically addressed to us, we ought to take it on specifically. There's no doubt about that. And, and, and it's right for women to do that. Um, but the kind of big picture is that there's actually very few passages that are specifically addressed to women. If, you were, if they're the only passages that you hold on to as a woman, as, like, as, as, as significant for your womanhood as for your femaleness, you've got a few, you, yeah, Compared to the whole of the Bible, you've got a very small fraction. Actually, if you conceive of your womanness in a in a whole sense, it's all of your personhood. All of your person is a woman, and that is a glorious thing. Underline, underline, underline. Given by God, established by a good and wise God. Um, then actually, all of the, all of the Bible is is for your building as a woman. Um, I think the the example that I gave in on Saturday was what would if we were to take Philippians to you know consider each other more highly than we consider ourselves you know wanting to be like Christ who humbled himself to death even death on a cross um what would that mean for you as a person who's a woman as a person who's a parent as a person who's a mother um yeah rather than isolating down and kind of trying to yeah isolate parts of ourselves this is my womanhood here this is my Christianness here you're all of a woman all of the time and you need all of the Bible, all of God's testimony of, of himself and of, he, of, of, of us um, to live to live out all that God has, has called us to be. Um, so being a, a biblical woman is actually um, being a woman who's submitting herself and being shaped and formed by all of the scriptures, um, which in some ways is feels very basic. <laughs> but mm. sometimes <laughs> it needs to be said because, yeah, we do end up saying like, when we're talking to women, what we need to talk about is um submitting to your husband uh being you know nice at home not being nagging um and um and childbearing or something and uh yeah and that's kind of that's the remit of which you're you're to flourish in your womanhood um i think yeah god calls us it's, it's much bigger than that um it's it's all of your personhood which means all of your godliness all of your mind all of your heart all of your soul uh um, I don't know if I've answered the question, but that's that was that was point one of Saturday. Gabby, you hopefully said it, there's an entire PhD discourse on this if well, if we were to go through it. So it's yeah. there's there's no um there's no way in which you haven't been helpful at all um, in answering <laughs> that question. So thank you, thank you so much. Um, I think in the interest of time, mm-hmm. maybe we we move it along slightly. I guess this this um unless anybody else has any further comments that they want to make. 
Go nah. nah, all right, we cool. Um, so this, 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 I guess this music video comes in the backdrop, like we were kind of discussing earlier. Um, there has been kind of heightened um, scrutiny on race relations, mm-hmm. um, particularly in the West. Um, and you know, this has erupted in after the killings of George Floyd, but not just George Floyd. This is Breonna Taylor as well. Um, and so again, there has been heightened, say, scrutiny on on you know protection um, for Black women as well. And more recently, in fact, one of the ladies who was involved in the song, Meg Stallion, um, was shot, was shot by um, Tory Lanez, who is a Canadian singer slash rapper. Um, And we have kind of watched this unravel pretty, pretty slowly. In fact, I think only last week, uh, Meg came out and confirmed that he did indeed shoot her twice. I think it was in in her foot or in her feet. And has been kind of just interesting reaction um, across across uh, across the world, I guess, to to how um, Meg has been perceived in the wake of kind of releasing this video. Is she too um, is she too kind of say stronger being to um, um, what's the what's the term I'm looking for? I'll come back to it. But is she, is she, is she, does she not afford the same kind of um, protection or support as perhaps somebody who was more dainty or um, somebody who was less kind of public with uh, their sexual prowess, for example? Um, and there's just been a, quite frankly, a stark uh, lack of criticism um, or interrogation of Tory Lanez. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, we have spent so much time kind of, I guess, invested in, you know, um, you know what happened is is Meg telling the truth da, 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 da. Um, and there has just been almost next to, to nothing um, on on how she ended up in this kind of unfortunate incident um, and so in these kind of wider backdrops of kind of discussing uh, protection for women I, I wanted to ask you both do first of all um, because this is this is kind of a quote I think that I think it's Malcolm X at least that that the the black woman was the most disrespected woman um, in America. Now I think um, that this is um, a sentiment that is shared across the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Um, that in the UK as well as in the US and in the West more broadly, uh, black women not only consider themselves but are considered by other kind of uh, groups to be are. are to be considered the most kind of marginalized, disrespected group in society, is that a uh, a view that you that you share? Do you agree with that? Um, do you disagree with it? Mm, do I agree? Ooh. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's cool. I definitely, I definitely agree with with the idea that women are are the most I, I agree with that women are, are marginalized and disrespected i don't know if we need to do a you know look at a rating scale and if they're, they're number one but but they're, they're definitely top two um uh, yeah I, I think there's just i think sometimes there is a um what's the word yeah i, I think there's almost like a, a forgetfulness or a uh ignoring of, of, of issues that pertain to, to black women um within healthcare historically in the criminal system um yeah just 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 generally you, you've seen 
examples of of now where I've I've almost termed it the the memification of Brianna Taylor, where now mm. um, this woman who who who's killed in her apartment uh, as she as she's asleep by law enforcement is is now just become a meme where people are just saying it as a slogan and some people are saying it to to, to dance music and I saw one it was like a tailor-made Brianna Cation convention flyer this week and it, and it had her picture in the background but it, it just seemed like again this kind of yeah it didn't seem like it was it was had any attempt or, or desire to really um, hone in and, and deal with the issues that do pertain to black women and violence. I, th- I think of sexual assault. Um, I, th- I think of uh, rape culture. I, I think of violence towards uh, black women. It's, it's usually always um, said in a way that's very humorous. Like you, you see a lot of the the initial responses to uh, to Meg Thee Stallion as she comes out and she says, you know, this man does this does a violent act against me, and, and most people are you know responding with memes or, or laughing. And yeah, there's just there's just no seriousness to it. Right. Um, and, and I think that's quite concerning. Yeah, I've I've said in, in many times to to my sisters and to my brothers that yeah, like over the course of my life, I haven't always felt safe as a black woman. Um, even amongst you know Christian guys, I I still feel very much yeah aware of my frailty, aware of the fact that I am a woman, and and aware of my vulnerability. And 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 I think that that sentiment is shared across for all all black women. And I think it is quite a, a yeah a, a, a scary place to be. Um, as a black woman at times Mary Gabby. can I can yeah. I sorry sorry to cut you off can mm. I can I push you a bit on that um, yeah, push me. um you're saying where you're saying in the in the spaces sorry in the spaces where you're kind of speaking to your uh, your Christian brothers and sisters and you kind of feel your frailty slash your vulnerabilities as a woman are there particular um, aspects um, that, that, that that has that of your kind of of your womanhood that that has to deal with. So I'm kind of thinking, but is this, is this um, in the context of the church, for example, we kind of talking about specifically about kind of, you know, when views are discussed, for example, on something like complementarianism, mm-hmm. or are we talking about um, even such, such things as kind of like sexual assault or harassment mm-hmm. or um, speaking about women having gifts and how those are used for for the glory of God in the church? Is it all of those? Is it none of those? No, it's. I would say it's all of the above. I'd say, okay. um, yeah, I think it flows from misogyny, uh, and I, th- I think it, it it lends itself, yeah, to to sexual assault, um, not feeling like you have a voice, uh, complementarianism, and what that means, and what that looks like in the church, finding your value as a woman wanting to serve in the church, um, not overstepping your boundaries. Um, the, the idea, you know, you might say that black women can be abrasive and aggressive. Again, trying to push away from those, from from those kind of stereotypes that you may fall into. You know, oh, black women are crazy. Uh, what else did they say? You know, just just the typical things you hear, and you sometimes you hear it in the church, just just you know, presented in in, in nicer with nicer verbiage. So right. yeah, yeah. So I would say I'll say all of the above. Okay, all of the above. Gabby, is that a sentiment that you share? Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I really appreciate Mary kind of sharing her experience. I think at, at times, maybe less so for me in the church. Again, there, there is a, complexion is a factor here. I mean, there's definitely been situations that I've been in with, it's been in the exact same situation 
with with a woman that's maybe dark on complexion and something will cut her a, a bit differently to how it cuts me or, or I might say something and I'm you know I can be a little bit spicy I can say something <laughs> and then as, as, as another sister may say it and mine's kind of not taken with that kind of vim but hers is a bit more aggressive and, and I've definitely been in situations where they've felt that and I've seen that um um yeah there's no doubt about it and also the 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 physical distinction between men and women in terms of the vulnerability of a woman um sometimes it isn't kind of how how confident you are in yourself to say or do or to be in certain situations and sometimes it's just the awareness that um you, lots of people are physically stronger than you right now <laughs> um yeah the the your awareness of your vulnerability um yeah just physically um is actually something that many women are often aware of and and, and it's, it's, it's no news to know one that women you know even subconsciously take different precautions in terms of getting home and 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 all of that kind of thing just because it's it's it, it it's with you it lives with you um and so then when you do see something like what happened to Meg the Stallion happen knowing that yeah she's a she's a woman and you shot her and it is laughed off is that that's um yeah it, t- it tells you something about the well, yeah, it tells you something about how, how well, a little sidestep. I think it tells you something about how 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 Megan's femaleness is viewed. If she, and, and I think you, you you kind of mentioned it when you opened. I mean, you, and you spoke about she's not she's not particularly she's not petite and she doesn't look fragile. Um, and and she, in some senses, and she's a black woman. And those things, you know, being being taller or louder or darker in complexion, those things are seen in with closer proximity to masculinity, even in some situations. And so, because she's not afforded the privilege of being seen as feminine because of the way she carries herself, because of the way that she speaks, she's therefore not afforded the protection or the compassion or the empathy that people that are viewed as very feminine would receive. Um, and I think actually the the Christian worldview would speak quite strongly about that, about what it is to be a female um, and the dignity afforded to femaleness, regardless of volume <laughs> or or height or size or or perceived aggressiveness, uh, regardless of all of those dynamics or complexion, etc. Regardless of all of those dynamics, you are and always are um, a female, and 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 that is not that is not dependent on how a culture views you, and therefore the kind of um, the dignity and and honor that, that yeah that we that we give to people that we're aware that are, are, are physically more vulnerable um, yeah is to be afforded to Meg regardless of how kind of domineering she presents herself um, yeah she she's a woman um, I don't know if that makes sense. That made sense. Don't mind me. I'm just I'm just taking notes. Um, and I, I guess because this is a this is a a word specifically, the use of the term female um, yeah, yeah, has been aware. has been very, 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 very topical, I think, in yeah. a lot of kind of recent discourse because it jars um, against some. And I'm, I must admit, I've only ever kind of considered this really, should I say, in a scientific sense. Yeah. Um, in addition, in addition to the fact that you know, God makes distinction between male and female, at least we see that distinction in the Bible. But I've never thought of it as owning any more kind of baggage um, than just biological distinctions. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are quite confident to use the term. And is that just because you see that as how the Bible expresses the distinction between a man and a woman, or you well, know, why, yeah, why are you? Yeah, I think because I talk a lot about. Um... 
I, I, uh, because because gender is a tricky kind of um subject but I think sex is much more clear and actually often much more helpful and so because I think yeah mm. somebody's in that biological sense of sex and then think male and female um I think that's probably why I, I, I use it, probably use it because it does feel more concrete and yeah, more biological, more scientific than maybe other words because I have, then I'm concerned with, with biology. Um, right. But I'm aware that like, um, yeah, again, part of my favorite, I'm, I'm aware that I might be able to say that and it, it not be read in the same way that you might say that. Um, mm. And so, and I think that's, it's, yeah, and, it's, and there's a reason for that, the way that the word female has been, it has been said, but there's a certain derogatory twin, twinge mm. to it, twinge to it, twinge yeah. to it. When it's come out of certain people's mouths, it has, it has, it has been um, used in derogatory and dismissive ways, um, almost reductionistic ways. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. And so there is, there is a right, you are right, there is a right caution around that. And then to be clear, kind of, if you're using, yeah, what the context you're using that word in is. And I suppose, yeah, it's helpful for you to, to be clear that sometimes we, if we're speaking in a, in a kind of, yeah, more scientific, biological way, that's where the language kind of comes from. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm here, I've got this, this um, formerly, I think it's Reformed African-American Network. Um, they're now called The Witness. I've got an article up in front of me and I was just, as you were speaking, um, thinking about the case of Oluwatoyin Salau, Salau I'm going to pronounce it. Um, this is a young lady who, nineteen uh, year old who who died, was murdered actually. Sorry, in 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 the United States, um, and it particularly you know caused a great deal of grief um, for a number of of women um, online. I'm thinking particularly, um, but also for people within the church. Um, the kind of circumstances surrounding um, Toy and she she had just escaped quite a bad living situation. Um, and I think while she was documenting the experience that she was having, um, she mentioned that she went to a church um, for a few days to to seek some guidance, but unfortunately left with very little kind of material help um, before eventually being sexually assaulted and murdered by a predator um, who apparently um, suggested that he was a you know a man of God or or. Um, pretending to, 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 to have been kind of commissioned by the church in some sense to kind of help. Um, so as we're having this kind of conversation about what it is to be a, a black woman in the public space and Mary and, and Gabby have, have kind of given their points on this, it's very clear to me that this, this doesn't just necessarily kind of filter from outside uh, into the church. Um, we are also having our own kind of quote unquote issues in speaking about and dealing with what um, protection um, and empowerment looks like for for black women in particular. Um, and I, I'm just thinking about more specifically, I think, Mary, I approached you about this a couple of weeks ago, um, about the nature of which conversations are taking place. I almost feel as if there's a bit of an impasse um, about how these conversations are being held, because I feel that women are saying particularly in the church, women are saying we need um, to see our brothers kind of step up and and be more attuned to some of the issues that we are facing. Um, we want them to be mindful of the ways in which um, um, they speak. We want to make sure that these kind of conversations are happening. And then I'm kind of looking at it from a man's perspective and I'm saying I'm seeing this need for the discussions. I'm seeing brothers, and I'm, I'm calling myself out here also, I'm seeing brothers kind of 
um, wanting to start having conversations um, about what the nature of kind of uh, t- uh, protecting black women, particularly in the church, kind of looks like if there's a, a particular way that the church can be helpful in shepherding black women when you consider these issues. But I almost feel we kind of reach a point where somebody kind of shares a, a help a helpful article and everyone kind of says, great article, um, some helpful thoughts for reflection. But the dialogue almost doesn't kind of go much further than that. Mm. And I guess when we're hearing about the nature of some of these issues, these are really graphic things. People's lives are being lost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are leaving churches because of some of these issues. Um, it shouldn't just kind of foster that kind of initial kind of chit chat. What we're wanting to see is kind of action um, taking place in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm keen to hear from both of you what you would kind of consider are are ways in which um, you know we um, both. I say we'll start within the church, perhaps. What does protection and, and advocacy kind of look like um, within the church for, for black women in light of this kind of context that you've given um, for, for not just yourselves, but for a number of kind of other sisters who find these to be, to be issues? Um, mm-hmm. Very, very keen to hear your responses on this, because I think there are a lot of people who are unsure about kind of say where to start or how to engage um, and unfortunately for them, that means they're kind of almost stuck in a, a state of paralysis. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, we want to be encouraging brothers um, um, and sisters to love one another and humbly serve one another. So please share your thoughts on the above. Yeah, I, I would say it's first to begin, it's a witness issue because uh, as we know uh, and as we affirm biblically that men lead the church you know men are 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 under shepherds there are pastors um and 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 you can argue that you know the the face of the church and if as as a woman as a black woman if i'm if i'm going to a space where i don't feel safe or i've actually had past issues or church hurt issues or even if if i've just had trauma in my life um seeing men in the church or, or men in in um positions of power and authority can actually be something that's quite fearful for me so so there has to be a a level of soberness and to understand that if we do f- fail to get this correct if we fail to get this um yeah in a way that it's it's that's been remedied then we actually can lose women who now say and now then feed into yeah this is why christianity is is patriarchal this is why christianity is because of blah, 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 xyz um i i think for for protection of women i, I i've things i've said in, in the past is is understanding that uh men have a have a duty have a duty to, to protect women as you know you can say women are the the weaker vessel so to speak there is a, a physical impact and i think men should should be aware of that i love the scripture in in first timothy 5 2 when he talks about um treating older women as mothers and younger women as, as sisters in all purity you see that the, the idea that men have a duty to treat women in a way um impurity but yeah, having a, a responsibility over them that there's a duty that they have um, in their dealings with them, and I think, yeah, men have to, um, or and the church have to create um, structures uh, it in place that that women feel protected and that each each man um, has an active role to play in ensuring that he's able to protect his sister, whether it be physically or whether it be emotionally, and not not tied to because she's my wife or because I'm pursuing her sad that I have to mention this but because she's my sister in the Lord because I have a I've been given a duty 
um, to protect her and to look out for her. And I think, yeah, it's just it's just an active, an active awareness of the fact that, um, yeah, we, we live in a fallen world. We live in a in a place where uh, women have felt victimized, have experienced some sort of trauma. You know, the statistics are out there. Um, so if you're aware of that, in my dealings with women, I'm very careful um, with how I speak to them. I'm very careful with how I, yeah, with how I, um, yeah, uh, yeah, converse with them. And yeah, just being mindful of that. I, I, I always say to guys, like, it's not, I'm not expecting, uh, you know, a war and peace document from you. I'm not expecting you now to wear like army gear to church. I just want you to be aware. I just want you to see um, women in in a way that they're made in that Margot Day, and, and now I have mm-hmm. a duty to be, to yeah, to, to treat them in all purity and to be responsible um, in how I deal with them and, and protect them as women. Mm-hmm. I think Sam, you gonna say? Something? No, Gabby, I was gonna say. Uh, uh, yeah, I was waiting for you, Gabby. Yeah, um, yeah, I think um, similarly. I think when I think about the phrase "protect Black women," think about that the, the story that Dami. Um, the account that Dami told us of the women in America, I think sometimes protection looks like um, listen to and um, and believe, and not in the sense that women can say anything and uh, and and it's and it's gospel from the jump because it came out of a woman's mouth. But kind of in terms of an instinct, um, in terms of giving the benefit of the doubt, in terms of taking seriously the testimony and um, and concerns and and add discomforts and experiences of women not to try and explain them away or or undermine them and say um you know maybe it wasn't because maybe it was because of this maybe because of that but to um, listen with a generous ear and and and, um yeah have an rather than an instinct to undermine have the instinct to to listen and then once listened if what they're saying is is clearly is clearly wild well then obviously everyone needs correction um including women. Um, but um, I think that's a better instinct than just the instinct to, to kind of disc- discredit unless it's proven to be true. Um, yeah, to listen until there's reason to kind of question, like to, to discredit, I suppose. Um, yeah, listen and um, listen well. And, and, and yeah, without that kind of energy that seeks to, to tear down, um, but that, yeah, seeks to build up. Um, I mean, that's what comes to mind. Yeah, and just to quickly add, I think sometimes when you're having these conversations, men tend to be very defensive. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, it's, most times I'm not speaking to you. I'm not, I'm not like saying, yeah, you're the problem. Um, But yeah, and I think men have to feel, um, men have to feel comfortable. And I think they should have their own safe spaces where they can, as men come together and be open and honest. And I think now there is this fear that men have, they don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to be cancelled. And I think that, that in and in in of itself can actually be uh, unhelpful because it pushes the conversation back and doesn't allow a uh, fruitful dialogue. But at the same time, yeah, they should be feel, they should feel open and 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 honest just to say what they think. Uh, as fellow co-heirs, they should feel um, empowered to, to be honest and, and to share their own experiences. Um, but yeah, don't feel like it's a personal attack because I I find that quite annoying. Like, bro, you're not the problem. I'm just trying to tell you. But now you're you're, you're trying to say no, but I didn't see. I'm like, I'm not talking about you, bro. <laughs> like, chill. Um. So, but I think that's because men are are, are afraid and they almost feel like they're on this sort of like court of of public opinion and that they don't want to say anything wrong. And I think that's where, as sisters and women in Christ, we actually have to be very forbearing and gracious to our brothers. Um. Mm-hmm. 
if they do say or, or think something wrong or they don't see it again just just wanting to be patient with them mm-hmm. Mary that's helpful and just kind of touching on that point about the way in which sometimes perhaps men respond um I I do question though um just specifically on this point where you where you say you're not speaking to people specifically because I I have also kind of seen I wouldn't call it an accusation but there has been an issue of you know kind of if everyone says you know we're not talking about you or you're not talking about me there is this kind of it tends to this this situation where everyone's kind of asking so who is it type thing do you know what I mean as in how is this taking place if um nobody if, if nobody should i say is either owning up or is or is um is being responsible do you know do you know what i mean yeah no i i agree with that uh... um so I, i'm just wondering without without wishing to absolutely you know um come down say too harshly on men more generally um, I'm just kind of thinking, you know, how do we, um, how how do we ensure that we're we're able to root, yeah, root this out, root this issue out at kind of like an individual level. So where there are kind of particular people who are who are are making it difficult for women to be to feel free in church, but also on a kind of of a more general level, what are the responsibilities? Um, of the brothers to to um, uh, to, to treat their sisters with all purity, as you said in in, in First Timothy five, um, and and to kind of have regard for them as weaker vessels, um, but also to ensure that um, their brothers their brothers are not kind of doing a disservice um, to the church as a whole by by being unaware of their responsibilities to um, to their fellow co heirs as, as you called them. Last question, because. Um, I have loved this conversation, but I think what would actually be very beneficial is if we have it on the flip side with the bros. Um, so we'll see potentially mm. if that if that will fly. Yeah, I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> Interesting. Um, <laughs> last question, and I think we'll, perhaps we'll try and do this by asking the same questions or similarish questions. Um, is just if you bear with me. Um. Are there any unique ways um, black women can draw comfort from God in light of the things that we've discussed um, today? Um, interestingly, Kingsley kind of sent me um, uh, a prayer. I don't know if I'd... Hmm. <laughs> which which I, I'm, I'm reading this and I'm, and I'm thinking this is... This is uh, I'm not sure if this is a, a Christian person. Um, but it, it reads something like this, at least anyway. I think this sounds like a person who's who's calling out for some help, but I'm not sure that they're directing this to the God of the Bible necessarily. Let me read it. Tell me what you think. God of the black girl, we call on your protection. Release us from all fear. <laughs> that does not lead to wisdom and grant us that wisdom which guides our souls from danger. We pray that when others look on us, they would be freed from the evil whispers that drive them and instead gaze at glory. Gu- guide us to communities which see us in the fullness of our humanity. God, let us walk in the knowledge of our dignity. Let us marvel at those who walk before us. Okay, this is definitely giving me Black as King vibes. Um, knowing that our story is entwined with theirs and that we come from a brilliance of mind and heart and free us from the lie that our dignity and brilliance are things to be proven 
but let the truth of them hold us like the warmth of the wombs that formed us. Oh, no. no, I don't know if I'm clicking for that. So, Dami, you got a real open mic voice, bro. <laughs> oh, 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 appreciate it. Who was the them they're referring to in the prayer? In the, uh, I think it was about ancestors, you know, as oh, in like no, their the women pain. ancestors. Yeah, I so thought they were talking, the, talking about you know like Sarah or all the things <laughs> in the Bible. So that's the uh, thing. Uh, there's not, <laughs> there's not a huge amount of there's not a huge amount of context to be fair. I mean, the, I think on Twitter is black liturgies. I think the reason why he sent it to me was because he's looking at that and saying there's clearly a from from some corners people are crying out for almost deliverance. Um, mm-hmm. In relation to in relation to the issues that they face as black women, and so how do we, um, as Christians, encourage women? Um, what what comfort can they draw that you know that God is is their God um, in in light of the things that we've discussed today? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to come across like I'm almost being um, like like I, yeah like I'm I'm being very dismissive of, of the the prayers, but. I think yeah, the the biblical narratives are, are are very are very very encouraging and helpful for 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 women, black women too. I think, especially when you're reading some of the scriptures and and there's 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 detail, there's a graphic detail. Some of the atrocities that women face, um, that, you know, you read through, you can you can read through uh, stories and stories and stories of women who are attacked, who are raped, who are killed, who are murdered, and yeah, and and it's explained in in such a way where you know, you can see that God is angry at this. And, and when you read it, you, you get a, a fresh remembrance of the fact that, yeah, God, God is against uh, women uh, being brutalized. And, and, you, and then you, you think of, of course, uh, God, man, our Lord, Jesus, who again uh, spends much time with women, affirming women, encouraging women, uh, serving women. Um, and one of my favorite kind of uh, narratives that I find much encouragement from is Hagar. You know, you see Hagar, I think it's in Genesis 15 or 16. She's she's been you know she's been dealt badly by Sarah and 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 Abraham and she she goes she goes away and and she finds great refuge in God and she 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 sees God as the God of seeing uh, he sees and I think yeah having that awareness I think she calls him Elroy um, the God of seeing and I, and I think that, that's fantastic for me because we serve a God who isn't whose eyes are not closed who, whose, whose ears are not closed but sees these things and not just sees them but provides active remedy in, in the grace and comfort that he provides and I think yeah f- for women who who are going through periods of difficulty or who have gone through uh, uh, or who have been victimized and have been on the receiving um, um, end of, of the world's failings they find so much comfort when they see that the God of the Bible, the God of, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is the God who sees, uh, and not just sees, but actively takes steps to provide comfort and grace. Mary, chef's kiss. That was that was beautiful. Amen. Was beautiful. Amen. Gabby, do you have anything to add on that? I'm gonna I'm gonna praise in prayer. All of it. <laughs> all right. With that being said, then I think we could close there. Amen. All right. Guys, thank you for listening. Let us know what you think about um, the topics that we discussed on this podcast. Um, give us a shout out. Let us know whether you disagree with any of the things that were raised or agree. Um, yeah, we're, we're hoping to carry this conversation on. Um, thank you so much to Gabby and Mary particularly for their points um, today. And yeah, hopefully speak to you guys again soon on the airwaves. This is not radio, so whatever the <laughs> equivalent is. <laughs> where, where you get your podcasts. Where you get your podcasts. Shut. Spotify, SoundCloud. 
music. Shout out yeah. Gabby for the for the um, spoken word voice as well. Amen. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Bye.